Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to a special edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow Christmas lover, Taylor Sokol. Today we're doing a special double review. We're reviewing the classic 1983 Christmas film, A Christmas Story, which was written by Gene Shepard, Leigh Brown, and Bob Clark, with direction by Bob Clark, and the new sequel film, a Christmas Story Christmas, which debuted on HBO Max. That was from a screenplay by Nick Schenk and Clay Cadis, with Cadis directing that. So this was something we wanted to try out because it's just interesting that we actually have this new sequel back, you know, with Ralphie. We actually have a lot of the characters back from the original film with Peter Billingsley, you know, back to star. And what was interesting about this is... There was a sequel a while ago called Christmas Story 2. Didn't do very well. No one cares about that. But we're talking about this new film. Yeah. And what's unique about this is, Taylor, you had never seen a Christmas story before we tried this out. No, I know it's I know it's blasphemy. <laughs> well, to some it is, to some it's not. This actually makes me think of a, a funny point here. I've seen a Christmas story for several years with my family. Usually you can catch it on TBS. It's like a 24-hour marathon, Christmas yeah. Eve. So I've seen this film many, many times. And we quote it, and like it's you know, one of my family Christmas movies. My fiance Megan, hates this movie. She thinks it's one of the worst Christmas movies. <laughs> I like her even more. <laughs> so, you know, it's up to opinion, you know. But I do want to see where you came in from fresh eyes, being a 2022 audience who has seen a lot of Christmas movies. I mean, for for example, you know, when we did It's a Wonderful Life, this is a movie you've watched several, several times with your family. That was like the second time I had ever seen it. So just shows, a, you know, what kind of film you attach to. But Taylor, going back to A Christmas Story, 
What is the brief synopsis of A Christmas Story? We'll kind of discuss that, and then we'll go into the sequel. A Christmas Story is not your kind of tri- typical kind of plot. It's, it's more, um, the film is more set up like little vignettes, little like small little stories, but the main overarching story of it is about a young boy named Ralphie and his dreams of having the best Christmas, and that best Christmas is going to be because he's going to get the ultimate gift. And what is this uh, gift? Of course, it is the uh, Ryder 200-shot air rifle BB gun, uh, which everyone says he's going to shoot your uh, eye out and everything, <laughs> but he wants this. And and of course, it, interspersed with elements of he's got his family, his mother and his father and his younger brother, kid brother. And, um, you know, it's them really just trying to make it the kind of the ultimate Christmas for each other. And so I thought it was very different than any kind of Christmas movie I had seen. And you're right, Chris, this was a movie, it was never that I shied away from it. It just never kind of came into my purview. Um, And so this that's why this was a really good opportunity for us to kind of do a past pick Mm -hmm. and also a current pick. So, yeah, um, but it's interesting because it's set into, it's not very specifically stated, Mm -hmm. but it's set during the the late 30s, uh, 40s uh, era. So I thought that was really different uh, especially yeah. being filmed during the 80s um and which you, i love the idea that you have like an older ralphie yeah as he's kind of narrating his childhood yeah you have gene shepherd who he had written this novel in god we trust all those pay cash and he was a humorist and did all this stuff and this is kind of what this movie was based off and he gets to be the narrator and that is really a huge point in this movie is you're seeing the not only like the nostalgia of the character kind of looking back at his childhood, but you're seeing this great, honestly, like over the top dramatic narration of everyday life through the eyes of this child who sees things, you know, he, Ralphie often has dreams. He has these dream sequences, not only good dreams where he's getting his gun and he's like the hot cowboy of the town, also bad dreams where like, oh, you know what? too much soap poisoning you know poisoning led to me being blind and all these kind of funny things and i think that really sells the movie a lot in that it is these little vignettes you know it's not really a lot of crazy plot it's these little moments of life it's kind of like americana in a way of like oh yeah the what happens at school school life the bullies you know scott farkas he had eyes that were yellow like you know just that <laughs> de- and, and especially the way that he describes his dad is quite funny throughout the film and we do have darren mcgavin who was a fantastic actor a lot of us remember him as adam sandler's dad and billy madison yeah the old man i think he's one of the best characters ever made because you see the grumpy angry working dad stereotype of you know he comes home from work he expects a hot meal he kind of has his <laughs> this whole thing about the radiator and how he's like a, you know, he's he's got this whole gumption to him. Mm-hmm, I agree. But he's a very sweet man when it comes to Christmas. He's willing to take his kids out to the mall on maybe the busiest day ever. He's willing to do all these decorations and even the big reveal at the end of the film. After Ralphie thinks he's never going to get this gift, his dad surprises him and there's one last gift in the corner. And to see the twinkle in Ralphie's eye when he does get this this gun. You know, there's something about that I think really pays off for what they did for the sequel. Um, another character I just love in this movie because the way, the way when I texted you and you were like, "What do you think of the film?" You're like, "The kids are so whiny." 
this is he, it's just written so funny to me because he is such a whiny baby but i'm like i guess it works for the younger brother ian petrella who plays randy is so ridiculous in this film every time he falls ralphie come on ralphie and even the hilarious notion of the mom putting him in like 12 layers of clothing like he looks like he can barely breathe in this thing when he's going out in the snow it just cracks me up some of those bits yeah but there's it, yeah, it's a goofy movie really it's like a silly goofy movie but maybe if you're looking more for a steady plot you know it, i guess it kind of depends on what catches your eye well it's funny that you say that because now you're talking to me like i can see now that it's the the older ralphie and he's you know and they in they're reading up on this film after watching it you know they said like was a lot of this real or not so you kind of look at it, the thing that he's kind of telling his tall tale so everything is kind of exaggerated yeah the kid brother's really annoying and then the dad you know and he's he's down there with the radiator swearing and stuff it's not it's all jumbled it's not real words yeah obviously he probably was saying more obscenity so it's like well i kind of blocked out because he was saying a lot of stuff so i have to you know so I, now looking at through the, the lens of you said that now I can kind of appreciate for what it is. Um, but yeah, those little shrilling kids annoy the crap out of me, but <laughs> that's the point. But I will say, I thinking about it now that it's these little vignettes and a lot of these cutaways, it's kind of interesting that it's kind of a precursor to what Seth MacFarlane would do like for family guy, mm -hmm, where yeah. that's his own kind of exaggeration of modern Americana where I, I thought the over the top cutaways and stuff where he would like be daydreaming and everyone would catch him like, get to see ralphie like so i thought that was very funny when they're like uh hello you know it's like we're in usual movies people like daydream and it's like a quick second for everyone else but this one's like you've been standing there too long so i i can appreciate that now a little bit more yeah even i think one of the best bits is when he finally does get to meet santa at the mall and he's just he's just the face is just numb he has no words he's just like you know <laughs> what, what do i what do i want what do i want again I, my mind is blank how about a nice football, football, football? What's a football? And you just see like, and then they put them. I love that the bit that the Santa in the mall has a slide that you have to go down to. And they kind of almost make it like it's a little terrifying for the kids. Yeah. And then he starts to slide down and he stops himself, climbs back up and he just spits out what he wants. And then of course Santa goes, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. I know. He just shoves him down there. <laughs> he just puts his foot on his face and kicks him down. And just, and you just see the defeat on Ralphie. Yeah, it's it's a movie that I think just because I've grown up with it, it's it's stuck out. And I think it's one that what's interesting about it too is even though they had this you know, weird sequel that didn't really work out, eventually it did also become a musical. They did a musical version of Christmas Story, which they did a Christmas Story live as well. That is a show now that's being produced around. Um, and there's a whole musical thing about the lamp, which is a very iconic part of the movie. You know, the dad getting this... this sexy leg lamp and the mom just hating it some great bits and so yes it is a movie that i think every christmas um it really has like stayed around you know again i think it's might have been tnt in the past but now tbs i think it shows it like 24 hours on christmas eve it's just non-stop but as much as that movie really is endearing it was surprising to see that peter billingsley was willing to come back to this new story for HBO Max, Christmas Story Christmas. And we've seen Peter in so many projects. I mean, we we quote it all the time because it cracks us up. You forget that he's the one that uh, Jeff Bridges yells at in Iron Man and came back in Far From Home, Spider-Man. You know, he's 
He's had a career. He's been in, he popped up an elf as the head elf. I mean, yeah, a lot of Vince Vaughn projects. So yeah, he's, he's been around quite a bit and you sometimes blink, you'll miss him uh, kind of roles. And, and sometimes when you look at him, especially in this movie, when you have the glasses on, you can see that Ralphie face still there. Yeah. He still has those piercing blue eyes. You just, you kind of get it, but a Christmas story, Christmas, we get the idea that Ralphie is going to come out with his family to see his parents. And he's a struggling writer now. He's kind of kept up this tradition of telling stories, kind of like you said, like yeah. through his eyes. And the thing is, he's uh, supposed to be writing some manuscript that's really going to work out. And clearly, he's still daydreaming of grand fantasy. He's writing this like fantasy sci-fi epic that's not really working. Oh, God, yeah. It's like over 2,000 pages. It's very obnoxiously huge, and <laughs> nobody wants to touch it. And yeah. he's like, oh, this is great. But yeah. he hasn't lost his aspirations for the, like you said, the fan- the fanciful and the mm-hmm. fantastical kind of storytelling. Yeah, and just as they're about to leave to head to their you know hometown, they get a call from mom, dad has passed. So this film immediately takes up the place that, yes, we do not have the dad anymore. And it's time to go have Christmas, and this is going to be difficult. And I thought this actually worked great for an overarching theme of the film, is it's now Ralphie's job to try to make this perfect Christmas because his dad made it look so easy. And, of course, in true Christmas comedy, you know, films... Mm -hmm a lot of chaos happens. A lot of things don't go right. And it still has that tradition of the Christmas story Christmas where now he's the narrator. So he's still narrating his life. Now again, there's a lot of these grand dream sequences. There's the way they describe things. There's some fun Easter eggs throughout this film. A few of the cast members did come back who were kids um, from the first film. I don't want to spoil all of them because there's some fun little bits here. Yeah, the main thing for me was I did think it's typically when you do a sequel so long after we're seeing it now from the adult perspective of buying the gifts and all this stuff and and you know they took some more liberties with different things you would do during Christmas and updating it to the modern age. Like now we have bullies that are riding this like snow ski and taking out people's snowmen, you know, stuff like that. I thought this film was pretty charming, you know, for what it was. It's not one that I would watch every year, but it was kind of nice to see this this Ralphie again and like where is he now? And it's like still the brothers there. Some of his best friends are still there. We did have a replacement for the mom because she has passed as well. So uh, we have a new actress there, Julie Haggerty, who she's been in so many things. So she was pretty great. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what what did you take having watched kind of the two films back to back? You know, for your first take. Yeah, I really thought, like we said, it really flowed well together. Having, you know, I, I enjoyed Christmas Story, but I was like, okay, you know, I think looking at an adult lens, I didn't probably enjoy it as maybe I would have at, at a young age. Mm-hmm. But then going into this one, although you and I are, uh, you know, in our 30s, um, you know, getting close to not, not quite Ralphie's age in this one, but, you know, we're on the precipice of wanting to be, you know, dad someday. So I think we are kind of, we, I think we relate more to the older Ralphie. Uh, even so, I wouldn't even say being a dad. It's just that idea of like, I think you and I both have that wanting to be perfectionist, want things to be mm-hmm. great, you know? Um, so for me, I really, I really like enjoyed it, this one. I felt the humor really worked well. I thought it flowed great. 
And again, both films, you know, the first one, you know, hour and a half, this one's about an hour, 40 minutes. It, it didn't overstay its welcome. And I think if you are a fan of the original, you will enjoy this. And even if you are not a fan of the original, it still stands alone on its own very well. Mm-hmm. Where I was a little worried about this and trepidatious that if it was going to be too many, like too hokey and stuff like that. And I thought it really was going to really, I really enjoyed kind of seeing this back to back. And yeah, I, I, I loved it. Yeah, I think they did some smart choices with storytelling. And it was nothing that was like, oh gosh, it's just repeated formula. It still pays homage to the original, still continues the original, but really focuses on Ralphie as a dad. And yeah, there's just some funny moments of like what he's willing to do and that childlike wonder that's still there, that that dream sense that's still there of having this perfect thing while also grieving for the loss of his dad. And yeah, it just worked. And it was a sweet story. And it made me think like, if we can get more writing like this, when it comes to, you know, we've had, this has been such a huge trend now of, remember that movie in the 80s or the 70s or the 60s? We're going to do a random sequel because some of the actors are still alive. (laughs) Not a lot of them work. Yeah. And even like when we have sequels, like, you know, we just did Disenchanted. We talked about how we liked some of it, but it was not really the sequel we were looking for. This stands out as one that worked. It re- yeah, retains retains the charm of the original, but also, you know, updating in more of a a modern take and kind of being its own. Yeah, which is yeah, I think we need to see more of that. You're absolutely right. So for me, Christmas Story, it's always one that I really enjoy. So that for me is an eight out of ten. And Christmas Story Christmas, I'm going to give also an eight out of ten. I thought that uh, it definitely paid off with some charm. And again, yes, you said R40. It's a sweet little, not too long, crazy movie. Uh, so yeah, those are my ratings for both those movies. I'm going to give a 7 out of 10 for the first one just because those whiny kids annoyed me. Um, <laughs> I'm a curmudgeon watching that one. But I'm going to give an 8 out of 10 for Christmas Store Christmas. Uh, definitely good little back-to-back of getting you in a holiday spirit. So hope you guys enjoy this out there. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, but you can also check out both of these if you have not seen them when to revisit the original classic uh, or see it for the first time like me and now enjoy Christmas Story Christmas as well. You can see these both streaming now on HBO Max or hey, there might be again the 24 hour marathon coming up soon with uh, uh, the first one. But uh, check it out and again and thank you for joining us. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.